You're listening to Coleman Power on the Organic Fitness Podcast. All right, yes, here we are on the next of the latest of the podcasts. Before we go into this one, I'm going to tell you about the likes of the next Grow Your Own course that I'm hosting at Featherfield Farm. That's in Kildare. It is a full day of growing your own, okay? Getting your hands most certainly dirty. Yes, we will be most certainly looking at all the different plants that are in season and how you can produce your own food because there's nothing like homegrown goodies. You either grow your own or buy it. Whatever you do, add it to your diet is my slogan one of anyway so next one is on the 15th of april it's half full already if you want to most certainly join send me a dm and or the link is in my bio where's the bio at the top of my social media platform page instagram facebook tiktok you name it right or not enjoy this week's episode all right welcome to the latest episode of the coleman power organic fitness podcast i have my latest Guest on with me, David Dennison, the organic grower, Vikings Irish drink supplier. David, say hello to the listeners. Uh, hello, listeners. How are you? Uh, you're very welcome, and I hope we can give you something good to listen to. Well, certainly we will. David, I know uh, with yourself and included the likes of you've been extremely busy. I'm going to go straight to it. You let, uh, I suppose, the people know exactly what you do and where you're based. Well, we started, um, right, we're, we're, where we're located is near Passage East, right? We're uh, between, sort of, our sort of townland is Balnaboola, uh, not, not to be confused with Balnaboola and Wexford. So we're between Passage East and Passage Cross, for, for just to put it into um, perspective. So we started growing um, back in 2010 where we planted our first apple trees. And alongside that, as as, it, as if that wasn't enough, we, we planted uh, about a half acre of uh, outdoor vines, uh, grape vines. And then the planting continued. So today we have about three and a half hectares of apple trees, which is probably, you know, roughly six, nearly seven acres of apple trees. And they're all cider apples. So... I suppose a little bit different to uh, commercial apples uh, for, you know, supermarkets and things like that. Ours are, you know, just for, for, for making cider. Uh, we've got all the different varieties like bittersweet, better sharp, sharp, sweet. So all the varieties that they grow in uh, northern France, Normandy and southern England. And today we, we've got about a, a one and a half hectares of grapevines with another half hectare going in this year. Very good. Right, and I just so want to touch on that point in relation to what could you tell the listeners, I suppose, the point on what the difference between the organic and non-organic, I suppose, produce such as your grinds and the likes of your apples, just so everyone is all on the same page. Okay, well, that, that that's a great question because we get that, I actually had a, a course um, last week, Monday and Tuesday, which was uh, kind of an introduction to organic viticulture and vinification in a marginal climate. Now, I designed this course for the National Organic Skill Nets, uh, NUTS. And um, the idea really was to show people how you could actually grow 
um, using certain varieties that are um, what we call not suspect to uh, pests and disease and um, showing them really how you can actually grow uh, vines and apple trees without the use of uh, chemicals, pesticides, herbicides, etc. And the difference it actually makes to the soil, it's incredible. And everybody, they just couldn't believe how, you know, you know, we talk about weeds. There's no such thing as a weed, really, because uh, they all have their part to play. And um, the difference for us growing organically as against conventional uh, would be we don't use sprays, we don't use herbicides, we don't use pesticides, and everything is done really naturally. We spray um, the likes of seaweed, nettle spray, garlic spray, and that does, it, 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 it creates healthiness to the, not necessarily to the trees or the, or the grapes, but to the soil. And then the soil feeds the grape, the vines, and feeds the, the apple trees. So it, it really is, you're, you're looking after the soil, and the soil would produce nutrients and natural, um, uh, natural nitrogen for all the world. And plus the fact we've planted a lot of different shrubs and trees, um, which has created a microclimate. And within that microclimate, we get this sort of natural, we call it a terroir. So it's just a natural microclimate. And it means that we never have to use, um, we never have to use uh, bought yeast. It's all natural yeast that we use. And um, so, you know, it's interesting. Um, there's a little bit more work attached to it. Um, we're, we're now using um, uh, an unusual um, uh, fertilizer, which is a, a chaff which is uh, from the leaves of roasted coffee beans. Now, we, we had to check this with the Organic Association to see if we could actually do this, but because the, the coffee beans are roasted up to about six 700 degrees, it kills everything. Like nothing will live at that sort of temperature. So these are, this is just the leaf, and um, they're, they're quite light, so they have to be mixed with uh, compost and, you know, horse, we have, we've ponies, so we can use our, our own horse manure. And once it's mixed with another uh, substance, it's absolutely perfect. It gives great cover. But the beauty of it is it gives us about 14% nitrogen, which is incredible. And, you know, it's natural nitrogen. It's not your 10, 10, 20s and all like that. So we don't, we're not allowed to use any of that. So, like within the organic associations, we have to adhere to uh, the rule book for all the world. And uh, we have to keep to a strict regime as regards to what we can use and what we can't. Like we can't buy fruit in unless we buy it from an organic grower. And unfortunately, not too many organic growers around that are grown organic apples. No. So, so that's it. it. It's very simple. Yeah, very good. Uh, there would be Richard, I, I know, I'm sure you may know, his second name, Galvin. Richard Galvin yeah. in Port Law is be one of the individuals, yeah. and I previously went and had him on the show as well. Uh, yeah. And I'm from Kilmeaden myself uh, in yeah. Waterford. But um, with the likes of, I'm going to say, those 
applications of nitrogen are you giving those uh, to the likes of the plant at certain times at the early stage of leaf production and then changing up with maybe seaweed extract that you're applying to encourage maybe fruiting at different times of the year correct yeah yeah and uh, yeah well I, I i yeah i know richard actually quite well and um and he's another organic grower um yeah like we would like at the moment what we're doing cormac uh we've just we've we've finished uh pruning our apple trees about two weeks ago, right? And so now, uh, yesterday morning, we more or less wiped out the grapevines as regards pruning. So basically, they're being pruned. Um, they have, have to be pruned every year and um, to create new growth for this year. So we get bud burst on, in actual fact, some of the bud burst is coming on the apple trees already, which is hard to believe. Um, some of the earlier varieties are starting to produce uh, leaves and so what we've actually done is we've got about um, 60 or 70 uh, crab apples which are natural pollinators and um, I actually took a photograph this morning of an early plum tree and all the honey we've 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 bees honeybees on the land as well and the bees were actually out feeding on the pollen from the plum trees already. And this is only the 21st of March. So you're, you're creating that environment where, you know, it, it's, very, um, it's very suitable for us as human beings. It's very suitable for the vertebrates, for all the fly life, for all the, the, the wild birds, like the buzzards and the hen harriers and the hawks and um, everything. So we get we get a lot of those um, types of birds and animals coming into our into our patch. Maybe it's because we're organic, but we also create natural habitat. Like um, we, you know, instead of cutting all the the grass for hay, we'd we'd leave meadows intact for the likes of um, you know we've got about forty two hen pheasants. And they stay with us all year round, which is incredible, you know. So they're they're eating all the, the little seedlings from in, in, in the in the meadow. And um, you know, unfortunately, uh the biggest problem is when, when they lay their eggs in the in the in the summer, they do get attacked by some of the prey, the likes of the, the crows and the, the magpies and the jays. Oh yeah, we've we've uh, about three or four families of jays as well, which are very noisy. Uh, birds <laughs> but it, it lends itself to a natural environment and david why do you think that more people don't such as yourselves incorporating the likes of maybe organic methods and even going registering with one of the governing bodies that do suppose grow organically um i think there's a huge change at the moment and a change for the better uh where you will see hundreds, if not thousands, of um, conventional farmers, you know, farmers that are producing beef and dairy and so on, and farmers that are in horticulture, that are growing potatoes, carrots, so on and so forth. You will see hundreds, if not thousands, coming into the fold in the next few years, simply because um, there's a huge push within... Um, our system of you know the 
the Organic Association, plus the fact that there's now substantial grants. Now, that's probably, um, it shouldn't be the number one focus. People shouldn't be coming in just to make uh, a killing on it or, you know, to get the grants because you have, you know, there has to be a process and you have to be committed to growing organic, not just for the money. The money is going to be very handy, that's for sure, because, you know, there are grants of up to 60%. And um, I did my uh, organic course back in October. It was run over three weekends and you have to do that. I think it's every two years you have to do it. And uh, you go through the different uh, modules as regards to, you know, uh, a lot of the farmers that were at it uh, were conventional farmers, uh, mostly sheep farmers and uh, hill farmers. And I think it's a perfect environment for the likes of them because, you know, for hill farmers, you know, they're, they're grazing sheep on the hills and it's very, very much, um, it's organic in its own right. All they have to do is tick the boxes to become um, certified, certified organic. Well, at this moment in time, I'm pretty sure be. the figure is about 2% of the land is registered organic in Ireland. And then even a smaller minority yeah. would be that of fruits and vegetables. And that being you being one of the very few, I suppose, throughout Ireland that is yeah. supplying people with organic fruits different times of the year. Yeah, they're, they're hoping to <clears throat> get that figure up to about 6% by the end of this year. Well, that's good. And is there any major drive that you've heard in relation to just other than the grants that they're pushing towards trying to get that to the higher six percent? Yeah, there there are like you have um I suppose within the government you have say the Green Party who are very much into organics and they seem to be driving it. And it's been driven by the Department of Agriculture, Fishery and Marine, and they're they're driving it. So there there's um <clears throat> There's, there's a lot of media attention um, to organic growing in, in Ireland. In actual fact, we're probably 30 or 40 years behind the likes of Holland and um, Central European countries that are probably maybe at 15. I know um, Holland would be very, very high organic um, in horticulture. And um, they've been practicing organics and biodynamics as well, which is the step on from organics uh, for the last 30, 40, 50 years. Yeah, regenerative agriculture is the future, and that's one thing for sure. With the products that you currently have, David, where, I suppose, is the best place for people to either uh, get their hands on or can they buy it directly from the farm? Because I, I know you're, I'm, I suppose, extremely conscious of your own time. I know you have to get back to work like myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, you're grand, uh, Conor. Um, the like we we would supply some of the supermarkets like the super values um we're in <clears throat> like around Watford we're in um Kilbarry we're in Keishas and Tremore um we're in Garvey's <clears throat> in Dungarvan and we'd supply some of the local kind of we call them the good food shops the likes of um, Arkeen stores and um Worldwide Wines and centres in, in John's Park, but we do sell online as well to, like we are in other supermarkets in, say, Wexford, we're in Pettit's in Wexford and, and Atai, 
and we're in um, Wallace's and Wellington Bridge, and they're they're great supporters, you know. Um, so, but we 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 do sell online and we sell from, direct from the farm. We do we started tours last year for people to come and visit, and um, do a tour of the vineyard and the orchards and come back to where we make the cider and the wine and have a a, a local cheese board and a taster of three or four. Uh, either you know wines and ciders and um, you know we started at kind of the middle of last year and it, I think we got about 300 people through between uh, June and December which was incredible yeah no that is brilliant and credit to you and I suppose I just want to say David thanks so much for giving me your time to in relation to just share the message out there that what you do is I suppose one of the things that people don't really know enough about that's why i asked the question about why don't more people grow organically and an no, often more than not they don't know the difference and now after this short podcast and you informing them on it i just as it was thanks very much and i'll tag yourself in the likes of the show notes your uh, handle for instagram for facebook and in relation to those shops where you can get your products uh, directly to the customer well thank you very much. and you'd have to come out and visit us uh, if i can sample some of the beverages I, I, I most certainly will an Irish man a war for man would have to come out David uh, yeah and thanks very much and I always end these podcasts by saying stay tuned stay classy and keep it organic and this is just the point I wanted to add in at the end of this podcast and this podcast straight up was short and sweet just like I suppose David's uh, some of his ciders but straight away after we had a little bit of a chat and the point was brought up in relation to using nature as a way of controlling pests. So they like to bring in ducks and geese in and around the vines. They pick up all the slugs, which are inevitably are pests for attacking and causing damage to the fruits. And that's just something that I really wanted to share with people. Organic growing and methods of controlling things that necessarily were a pests or a disease is something that everybody can do. And it's a way actually that we used to grow things. and that's us trying to get back to that way of living and producing food that is not only beneficial for us, it's also beneficial for the environment. And I often actually don't typically add in a note at the end, but that was just well worth adding in in relation to this podcast. So I hope you enjoyed. Other than that, stay tuned for next week's podcast out every Thursday from myself, Coleman Power, the organic grower, nutritionist, personal trainer, author, Sound guy, the list goes on. Godspeed. Talk soon.